to Nerves of the Roundtable, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. And I'm Dwayne. I'm Sammy. And on this episode, we're going to be reviewing the news. The news. <laughs> and so there's it, a lot it, right it, now. Because it's been a while, right, gentlemen, since we've done a news episode? Quite some time. Star Wars took over the podcast. (laughs) Star Wars and holidays took over the podcast. As of today, we are a month and one day since our last news episode. (laughs) Quite a lot has happened in fandom. Uh, Lots of new trailers, lots of very interesting box office numbers, and a Trelawney time we really need to get back to. (laughs) Honestly, I don't even remember what we predicted. (laughs) What was the movie? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't even, I mean, I'm guessing it was Skywalker, but I don't even remember. Actually, it wasn't even Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> it was so far back. It was so far back. It was uh, Jumanji 2. Oh, wow. my. The next level. <laughs> and, and I've got the numbers here, but you guys are going to have to wait to hear. All right. Because it's time for our headline news. And so we're going to begin with uh, where we need to begin with, uh, Rise of Skywalker. Um, so we're going to talk about um, the box office, uh, which has been a little disappointing. Um, it's not crushing, but disappointing. Dwayne, I think you've got the numbers in front of you, don't you? Yeah, this uh, is a little underwhelming. Uh, as of today, we're looking at $463 million domestic. Four hundred and eighty-nine million overseas for a total of nine fifty-two um, total, and uh, they uh, had forecasted we would surpass nine fifty-five today. The site I was looking at, but you know, this was a really strange thing for me. I, I know we we had some some obligations going on day of premiere, which was you know the the the, the Thursday, but. Even Friday when we went to see it, the theater wasn't exactly crowded. And on my second viewing, we went in and sat down probably 20 minutes before start time. We could have waited till start time to, to go into this thing. There was still you know, lots of seats and prime seats available. So I don't know your guys' experiences there, but – Lots of people I'm hearing from, you know, the, the, the having a kind of almost a run of the theater or half full theaters. Yeah. You know, I, go ahead, Jim. Oh, I, I went back the very next day. We saw it Friday. I went back on Saturday um, with the family, and it was almost the same. I mean, it was a little, a little fuller. Like I think we had about half full on on Friday. On Saturday, it was probably two thirds full. I mean, still plenty mm-hmm. of seats everywhere. I was shocked. Yeah. See him? Well, you know, when I actually, I think it was very telling when I went to, you know, start kind of getting my notes together for this, you know, almost every news story was at least two weeks old that yeah. I found. So it's almost like this was a shooting star of a movie, really. Uh, burned really bright, and now it's just kind of, I don't want to say lost in the shuffle, but, you know, I think with the holidays and things like that, that it's just not uh, – held up maybe what, what I think fans and maybe even Disney were hoping. Yeah, and, and the uh, the fan reaction seems to be a little underwhelmed. You know, it's not as polarizing as The Last Jedi was. It's not as, you know, uh, overly nostalgic, uh, for better or for worse, whatever your view on that was, of The Last, uh, I mean, um, The Force Awakens. But, you know, it just seems kind of like, eh, it is what it is. You know, it's, you know, some people like it, some people hate it, uh, but everybody's kind of not really going all out on it. Have we had, have we reached our saturation of Star Wars? Well, I, I think this is just the, the culmination of a bad plan. I think it, I just, because the way things got handed off from movie to movie um, and the way The Last Jedi was, you know, 
controversial. Solo was, you know, box office wise a disappointment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this thing just went out with a whimper. Kind of ended up with a ho hum kind of kind of deal. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's one of those situations that, you know, the all this build up, you know, with the new with the sequel trilogy essentially, uh, and kind of building up, and then I think Last Jedi almost kind of hit the brakes on the whole process. You know, we talked about how it hurt Solo, how you know, you know, and and just fans from there just kind of started, eh, whatever. You know, and I think that's kind of the way they approach it. I think even merchandising has been that way. If you go down the the toy aisle at Walmart, you may find a couple figures in the Black Series line. I think today I went through there, I, I saw a Janna. And other than that, it was like ceremonial Luke and a Stormtrooper and it's yeah, plastic yeah. OT kind of characters. So yeah. I don't know. But you know, guys – I know of one Star Wars property that uh, didn't really fizzle out, and that's the Mandalorian. Yes, uh, Disney Plus uh, Mandalorian. We didn't speak much to this uh, gearing up for uh, for Rise of Skywalker and our, our holiday season there, but this thing kind of come and took uh, streaming world by storm. Uh, Baby Yoda everywhere. Uh, and and I've told folks, uh, you know, the Mandalorian is probably as close to the heart of true Star Wars as I've seen since the original trilogy. You know, and you have John Favreau and Dave Filoni uh, heading up this thing with uh, you know the likes of Taika Waititi, Bryce Dallas Howard, really, you know, welding these stories together. Now, I've just been blown away by the public reaction. I mean, Rise of Skywalker was in every theater in America on almost every screen. No one's talking about it. And Facebook is like 50% Baby Yoda at this point. Yeah. <laughs> everybody has, you know? Baby Yoda, or the child, depending how you want to refer to that character, is, uh, is king of memes at this point. And yeah. if you follow our Facebook page, you've not seen a number of them being shared <laughs> on our, our Facebook groups. <laughs> yeah, Baby Yoda's everywhere. And you know, it, taking an obscure character, you know, the, even just the armor of Boba Fett, you know, not even a, a, a movie, you know, not even a cinematic character, uh, setting this, you know, a few years after the fall of the Empire and kind of the wreckage rebuilding of the after war years. It's a really neat uh, kind of gunslinger after, uh, you know, the, the prime of the uh, Republic's fall, and it's a really neat take, and they're really excelling with the character. And uh, I, I think that, I mean, the way this thing has been received and the way I think it's been discussed, I think it's going to lead to the, like, weekly release schedule coming back. I, I think we'll see that become more and more common. Yeah, it really was a, a, a refreshing not to have you know, all eight episodes drop at once and be able just to blow through them. We actually got to spend a little bit of time and process, and which I think is Star Wars' strength. You know, each episode, you had, a, you had a week or so to think about it and, and build on, and the anticipation of, I want to get back to these characters. Yeah, and I think that's really what, to me, gave viewers time to debate, to discuss. This was water cooler talk, so to speak. You know, mm-hmm. this wasn't just oh, I sit and I binged it in a weekend, and oh wow, it's over, and okay, what's the next big thing? I mean, yeah. this was almost like appointment television again. You know, and I think that was one of the things that changed. I think the other thing is, is it sets a bar for Disney Plus and their original content. You know, as Marvel comes in, this is setting a bar. So Falcon and Winter Soldier has a big jump. I think think they're the next step. Yeah. I think, you know, when Cassie and Andor and and K2SO, there's a bar set now by this. And I think this is going to kind of determine where it goes. Well, and the great news about The Mandalorian is it's already been picked up for season two. Exactly. And they're talking about a, a you know, November 2020 release for that. So that's something to definitely so, keep our eyes on the future. So what, I was, have what were your guys' 
<laughs> this is the way. Um, so <laughs> what's your overall sort of uh, impression of the show? Like, I, I mean, it's kind of short notice to give a grade, but like, what, what did y'all think of The Mandalorian? A plus, A plus uh, all around uh, from characters, uh, from universe development, uh, you know, storyline. Uh, it's just an A plus. Like I said earlier, it, it's the truest to the spirit of Star Wars to me since the original trilogy. You know, I think it it, it played on a lot of different tropes. I mean, you had the spaghetti western mm-hmm. kind of played up into this. Um, you know, you you had the the heist movie played up in this. You had you know all these different types of things in say in the Star Wars universe. So to me, it, it lets you see exactly how you know, I guess versatile that the universe can be. So, I mean, to me, there were at least maybe one slow episode for me. Um, but taking pot shots of jaw was, makes me laugh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to, I'm going to be honest. I, I would go a plus also. Okay. Um, uh, well, I've got the unpopular opinion that, uh, I was a little disappointed. Um, I thought the first two episodes were really strong. Remember what I was looking for. Um, I thought the finale was solid. It was okay. Um, I felt like the middle was really soft. I mean, (laughs) there there was a lot. I mean, I'd like to take like maybe like the first two last two episodes, super cut them into like a movie and just stick it in a theater. Um, There's a lot of spinning wheels in the middle. Um, uh, I felt like the tone was a little mixed. I thought you have different directors in every episode, kind of a mixed tone. Um, it was goofier than I expected. This is not the trailers I saw. This is not the music doesn't even match how goofy this thing was at times. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, and I love some of the characters. Like Mando and Baby Yoda were great. Uh, IG-11 is my, one of my new favorite droids. Um, but... I don't know. I just I'm really conflicted about. It. I'm a little disappointed. It's not what I was hoping for. Well, Jamie, you can just go on and self-destruct. Like like IG-11 was trying to do uh, in the first uh, couple episodes there. Every time you turn around, I'm self-destruct. You know, I do have to mention because I got cracked up about this. You know, obviously. You know, people outside of fandom latched onto this. And, you know, the, like we said, the whole Baby Yoda thing. And it got to the point that John Favreau has been asked so many times by the media, is this Baby Yoda? That he's had to come out and say, listen, this is impossible. This show takes place after Return of the Jedi. Yoda <laughs> dies in Return of the Jedi. And the so, child is 50 years old. Yeah, exactly. here in the first episode, yeah. Um, so it's kind of funny. This, this was even a news story that I, I saw on the, one of the local news stations is they were talking about John Favreau having to make this comment. So. Well, Sammy, in all seriousness there, Star Wars does play fast and loose with timelines. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, and then the release order, like, when did this come out? You know, nobody knows. Uh, so, and, and well, it really well, wasn't um, But let's move on. Well, I, I've, got a final, I've, I've got a final thought. Um, so we thought the plan for Star Wars was not the best plan ever. Um, we love the plan for the MCU, right? Kevin Feige has killed it, plotting out um, you know, the MCU. So what do you say? I don't want to take him off of the MCU. So what do we say? We go to the cloners and get us a second Kevin Feige. Yeah, okay. Have one on each. And uh, and that was supposed to be our transition because we're going to talk about the MCU now. But as long as Disney, uh, <laughs> as long as Disney isn't making grow older faster or more docile. <laughs> so yeah, the, the MCU, talking about the MCU, you know, still staying in Disney territory. There, there's been quite a lot of news. It's all Disney territory now. Yep. Uh, yeah, we found out today um, on the the day we're recording now that Scott Derrickson has um, issued one of those um, press releases that uh, it's probably a blatant lie. <laughs> They're playing nice with the facts. I'm not sure, but Disney and Scott Derrickson released separate press releases saying that they have parted ways on um, you know 
good terms over creative differences. Creative differences. Yeah. And he says he's staying on as an executive producer, which means Disney's playing nice and he's gone. I mean, he's not really going to do anything. He's going to have his right. name credits. That's about it. Get out, um, but we're going to put your name on it. It's a move. <laughs> yeah. So the way I interpret that is, is we hired a horror director to make a scary Doctor Strange movie, and it was too scary, so we fired him. That's what I think happened. I mean, I mean, what do you all think? I mean, I, I, I mean, I enjoyed Doctor Strange. I mean, do you think we're gonna miss him? Um, I really, really uh, enjoyed the first uh, you know, Doctor Strange and Doctor Strange's interaction in the uh, Infinity War and Endgame movies. Uh, I, I I know Doctor Strange kind of plays in that messing with the mind, kind of spooky, darker area of the of the marvel universe um but you know i really hope we're not growing into a fact of you know like what we did with star wars where you know you're hired to do a job and when you do the job oh that's not the job we wanted you to do you know and you know with the creative differences i I really uh, hope that this movie still retains its it's a not necessarily you know darkness but you know the suspense and weird creepiness and, you know, I mean, with a title like Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, I mean, you almost need – I mean, is this going to be Nightmare? Is this going to be Dormammu? You know, it's going to have to be creepy. So you need that vibe, I think, in this type of movie. Well, it sounds like a Lovecraftian title. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Kevin Feige has addressed this, and he said that, it, that it's not, despite what he said at Comic-Con, uh, he said this is not going to be a horror movie, but that it will have some scary moments. Um, he said at Comic-Con they're making a horror movie, though. So I, I, I think that's revealing, too, of the behind-the-scenes discussions, that they've decided to change the tone, and Scott, maybe Scott Derrickson didn't want to play ball. So, um, I, yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to see Marvel play with some different genres. In, inside the superhero genre, I'd, I'd like to see more of that. And so I was kind of looking forward to a full-on, you know, you know, MCU horror movie. But um, speaking of horrifying, I'm not sure how to transition this. Uh, Christian Bale is apparently in uh, in talks to be in Thor four. Uh, we got to think about Batman in the MCU. Well, you know, this was my first thought. Okay. Um, during the – I'm trying to think exactly. Was it Jason Aaron that had worked on Thor for so long? Jamie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's been writing so, Thor for forever. Yeah. During Jason Aaron's run of Thor, Rocks on Oil was a huge part of that. And their CEO, um, Dario – Dario Agger. Agger, okay. Yeah. Who was the CEO and a Minotaur to boot. Uh, was, was a <laughs> really good – he really was. Uh, was a big part of that. <laughs> he really so is. What I'm thinking is, Bale brushes <laughs> off that American psycho suit and comes in as Agar in this movie. That's my. That's what I would love to see. That or Beta Ray Bill, but I don't think he'll put a horse face on. So. <laughs> well, I, I mean, with I, the, I agree completely. That's what I think is happening. Now, uh, the Minotaur doesn't he have a bull head? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have the suit and the bullhead. How does he manage that during board meetings? <laughs> he he um, changes forms like a werewolf. Like he can oh, change, he changes. completely change his form. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. I was I was a little confused there. Uh, you know. Uh, you know. I don't have a big problem with bringing Batman over into the MCU because we've already brought Green Lantern over as dead. <sighs> And Michael Keaton. You've already had one Batman. And Michael Keaton yep, is Vulture. <laughs> and, even in the, yeah, and even in the MCU, <laughs> we've transitioned the Human Torch into Captain America. True. Mm-hmm. Very true. You know, so that, <laughs> you know, if, if, if the guy can do the job. So we can get Kilmer. And, well, Clooney probably costs too much. We could probably afford Kilmer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Photoshop animation We've already got a king pin. somewhere. <laughs> oh. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, Sorry, I, I, I think it – But I mean, Bale is such a good actor, but I mean, he hasn't done like a ton of comedy. Like, I mean, right. like Taco Waititi type comedy. And so I don't really <laughs> see how that goes, you know? 
You mean yeah. American Psycho wasn't a comedy? <laughs> <laughs> he's really fun in like Ford v Ferrari. Like he's a fun character. That, that's not the same. That's not you know. That's not Thor Ragnarok. That's a whole different thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm really interested to see how that plays. Um, yeah, I and so. I, I did hear that one of the things that, that came out of the rumors of the negotiations is that mocap is involved, which kind of makes me think of the Dario Agger rumors yeah. too. So, I mean, yeah. there's going to be some motion capture. So, yeah. Um, okay. And the last MCU news we've got here is, um, and I don't, I mean, okay. I'll ask you guys this in the form of a question. Uh, so Deadpool three was confirmed by Ryan Reynolds, who is, you know, executive producer, star, all that kind of jazz. Um, I, it's his baby, I guess, whatever. I mean, he's the authoritative voice on Deadpool at this point. Uh, okay. Are you looking forward to it? And should it be in the MCU or off to the side by itself? What do y'all think? Yes. No, and both. um in a way uh i'm deadpool is is one of those tough areas i love the character i love the idea of the character but the execution is so rough sometimes uh just because of content it's you know so foul language it's really tough and you know having small children it's really tough to intake that and, you know, it's kind of tough having the, the DVD on the shelf. So, you, you, you can't watch this movie, you know. <laughs> you know it's, it's, it's kind it's of a very difficult movie. thing, you know. Uh, this, this is not for kids, you know. And you're like, what? It's a comic book guy, you know. And that's really tough. But, two, I think Deadpool would fit very well in a, uh, in a cross with a couple of their characters. Uh, you know, Spider-Man, you know, some of the X-Men, uh, I know he's had lots of interactions with. Um, even coming across, you know, uh, it'd be really fun with him and, you know, maybe Captain Marvel or, or Thor, just kind of these deadpan characters, you know, with Captain Marvel or something. There have been a few um, occasions in the comic books when um, Deadpool has interacted with uh, Rocket Raccoon that have been <laughs> incredibly entertaining. Oh, I that agree. would be hilarious. Yeah, yeah Deadpool hilarious. in space would be great. Oh, yeah. And especially I like the Deadpool when he breaks the fourth wall. And, you know, he looks at you, the reader, through the panel and says, hey, isn't this weird? You know, I'm talking to a raccoon. <laughs> Thor thinks he's a rabbit, you know? <laughs> See, what I really think needs to happen is, you know, right now, let's get Deadpool 3. Okay, then before we transition him in, let Deadpool take the Stan Lee cameos for Phase Four, <laughs> and have Deadpool pop up like Stan popped up throughout Phase Four, and then in Phase Five, then cross him into the other MCU movies. That's what needs to happen. That's, that's for <laughs> just the action oh, stops, the camera pans. There's Deadpool. Gee. That's really interesting. And <laughs> maybe he winks at the camera, something like that. Yeah, yeah, I like Thumbs it. Ups. Yeah. yeah, I think that's where they need to go with that. <laughs> yeah, something's going on with the main character, and then across the background goes Deadpool fighting someone across the screen. And... Yep. All right, and so our uh, uh, what what you have, Sammy? I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say I've got just one little other tidbit for okay. our what's new in the MCU. Uh, and you know, we talked about the black widow trailer, uh, the next trailer for black widow, since that is the rollout of phase four will be January 14th during the college national football championship game at halftime. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's what, you know, everybody's talking about is when we'll see that next trailer. Uh, I didn't realize the trailer that we talked about dropped like late at night with no to do to it or anything. It dropped in the middle of the night, and I don't know if Disney was just trying to get a filler out to see how people would react to it, mm. but this next trailer is supposed to be the big one that they're really pushing. So I'm interested to see where they go. Yeah, I didn't hear a lot of chatter about it. I think we talked about it. I know one other podcast I listened to talked about it, and it yeah. largely went unnoticed. I think I think they may have done that because some of the CGI was, un, was so unfinished. Well, we talked about that. You talked yeah. about when they, the Taskmaster – and that crew, when they're jumping out of the plane, yeah. you said it's it a little kind of, wonky. Yeah. 
So I, I bet I bet that's cleaned up in the next one. Um, but I do. I, I didn't have this in the notes. So I'm sorry. I just remembered this, guys. They've um, they announced that they're moving up the dates for Wandavision. Ooh. And so, um, but I'm confused because they gave it. A, they're giving it the fall 2020 uh, date. Um, that's where Falcon and Winter Soldier are supposed to be. So are they? Could they move up? Falcon and Winter Soldier. That's what I'm wondering. Is that good news Let's or bad news? So. Are they moving it up or moving it back? <laughs> that, Let's hope it's coming closer. Let's yeah. hope it's coming closer while we're waiting on the Mandalorian and maybe other to come back around. Yeah. But uh, so speaking of we mentioned Deadpool, he's kinda sorta maybe not in the MCU, maybe in. Um, there's a movie coming out soon that is most decidedly not in the MCU, even though it's owned by Marvel. We're finally, maybe, possibly, potentially going to see the new mutants. Oh, please let us see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I've been excited about this movie for two years, okay? I've wanted to see the new mutants. So we get this new trailer. And it has a totally different feel to it than the previous trailer. Okay? We get... There is still the horror content, but we got the mention of mutants. We see the kids. I'm excited. (laughs) Well, there is a reason it looks different. Um, After Marvel bought it, they negotiated for a long time with Josh Boone, the director, and with some of the Fox executives... They have went back to the original cut. Ooh. All the stuff they've been changing for 18 months to two years has been taken back out. They're back to the original director's cut. This is the Josh Boone cut that's coming out. The full-on scary horror mutant movie. Well, Well, you know, he was the one that tweeted out and said this movie is happening and this is when it's happening. This wasn't like a like a release from Disney or some Fox exec that was just trying to get back in there, but um, this was directly from Boom. So we're gonna get some scary stuff. I mean, it's, I mean, it looks creepy. I, I mean, and I, I, what I'm happy about is I've got a question for you on the, on the second though, Sammy. Um, we saw magic doing the full, you know. Soul Sword going through. I did not expect that. That was one of the things. You know, ever I've watched this trailer a few times now. There are a couple things that jump out at me that I'm like, oh yeah, and then there's a couple things I'm worried about. Okay, so Maisie Williams looks awesome as Rain. Okay. And then the whole Ileana and the soul sword and the armor and coming through the portals. Oh, yeah. That had me excited. I'm a little nervous about my favorite character, though. I'm a little worried about Sam. Sam's not flying. I know. And that's why I'm a little worried about his power change. Did you notice that there's like a quick second where you see like a a, a little glimpse of his hand sliding up and shaking? That's it's almost like they're powers. going Richter. Yeah. It almost reminds me of Richter. Like. So I know, Dwayne, we're going comics on you again. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we're not finished, buddy. We've got a number of comics on this one. <laughs> but I'm a little nervous about Sam. Yeah, I, 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 that was what I was going to ask you about. I was concerned about that. It looks like they're changing some of the power sets up a little bit. Yep. Now, I will mention, as I was researching this, there is discussion of a post-credit scene that Ooh. Antonio Banderas is supposed to be a, a villain in the post-credit. Ooh. Now, this supposedly is taking the place of a post-credit scene that had John Hamm in it. Yeah, they cut it. He was going to be Mr. Sinister, and they cut Mr. that. Mr. Sinister. I, I'm really like, bummed about that. I would love to see Sinister. John Hamm would have been a great Mr. Sinister, too. That would be fantastic. He's phenomenal, yes. But So I'm interested to see where uh, Antonio Banderas goes and the way uh, they play that. Fabian? Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Yep. We're going really obscure, Dwayne. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
But that would be a good example. He's checking his Facebook profile. <laughs> but if they were going to make a sequel to this movie, the Fabian you know, storyline would, would, would have been a good one. Yeah, that's true. Or maybe if they could get him in a ponytail, Gideon, have Cannonball be an external. <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> Okay, we've got to move on now, sorry. Yes, okay. <laughs> but from from uh, one company to another. <laughs> yes, um, so we're going from the good company to the bad one? So so, so actually, we're, we're, we're setting up a uh, Gorgeous Ladies <laughs> of Wrestling uh, between Black Widow in May and June 5th, the return of Wonder Woman. Dwayne, we should let you go first. We talked and talked and talked. So what are your thoughts on Wonder Woman? How do you feel about this one, brother? Well, I was completely floored by the first Wonder Woman movie. Loved it to pieces. One of the few DC movies I had truly enjoyed. I enjoyed the Batman movies, but they were kind of really dark and and got kind of heavy. But Wonder Woman was a ton of fun. Great character, great adaptation. When I heard what they were doing, I said, "Eh, maybe not. But when I seen the trailer and maybe got the execution of exactly what it was going to be, my interest is really piqued. And it it seems like they're going to carry on, uh, you know, the the, the funness of her character. So I'm really interested to see it. So Wonder Woman is 1984? Yes. You know, maybe a... You know, maybe talk to George Orwell about that title, but, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe we need to have a little talk there. But anyway, you know, it really, uh, it, it looks like it's going to capture an era and and get that nostalgia back with the, you know, kind of nostalgia twist happening there a little bit with the, the return of uh, Captain Trevor. Yeah, that, yeah, that intrigues lot, me. Yeah, I've got a lot of question marks next to his name in my notes. <laughs> well you know i've got a lot of question marks about steve i've got a lot of exclamation points about Kristen wiggs character though that one i'm excited about okay because Kristen wigg is playing barbara minerva and barbara minerva becomes cheetah and so i am really wondering where they'll go with this because they've already got a big villain lined up in our former Mando Pedro Pascal as mm-hmm. Maxwell Lord. So you're going to have uh, this you know big 80s businessman villain in Lord, but Barbara Minerva, like I said, becomes Cheetah. And so I'm really interested to see where they go. Now, and Cheetah is one of the top people in her like rogues gallery isn't it? yes mm-hmm. right. do, do you want me to to elucidate on cheetah for you i've got some notes you don't have it's fine <laughs> okay <laughs> not a problem well just to mention cheetah's been around since 1943 so she number one number six okay now that was the first version that was priscilla rich though all right this is barbara minerva this is the one created by george perez in his and speaking landmark of DC and uh, strong female characters, we also have uh, Birds of Prey and the fantabulous <laughs> emancipation of uh, Harley Quinn. Oh, yes. I, I, had, I had one last comment on the Wonder Woman thing. Then we can okay, move on. Okay, I just had to shut Sam. No, that's fine. <laughs> I had Mission more. Accomplished. Um, the gold suit. Does that look goofy to anybody else? I think they're trying to do Kingdom Come there. Trying to pull in a little bit of Alex Ross Kingdom Come with Wonder Woman. Okay. Well, weren't they doing kind of some Kingdom Come things um, on the TV shows? I think that's Crisis, more like Crisis. Crisis. Okay, okay. Yeah, but the TV shows, they did the uh, Kingdom Come Superman on there. That's probably what you're thinking. Brandon Routh was playing the Kingdom Come version of Superman. Okay, that's what I was thinking of. But they may be trying to bring in some of that artwork, but now, yeah, the, the gold, I'm not a fan of the gold. Yeah, yeah keep, I keep it and the little wings. Yeah, I, I didn't understand why they just fall off. That that was confusing <laughs> to me. But other yeah, than keep that, the, keep the red blue with the gold highlights. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so, uh, Birds of Prey. Um, 
Sammy? Margot Robbie. You're the biggest fan of the distinguished competition. Uh, So Birds of Prey, the perfect week before Valentine movie. So the perfect movie (laughs) to take your Valentine to. (laughs) Strong, fantastic characters in this. Uh, The world premieres in London in about two weeks. Uh, So looking forward to getting maybe some tidbits from there. A number of the creators I follow on Facebook that worked on Birds of Prey and worked on these characters have already been invited. So they were all showing off their uh, invitations today on Facebook. Um, But when you look at this cast, okay, and I'm not talking about the actresses. I'm talking about the characters, okay? So Black Canary, Huntress, Cassandra Cain, Renee Montoya, Ewan McGregor's Black Mask. And then Margot Robbie on top of all that. So. The cast seems phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I thought I thought that the, the cast and the plot looked look good. They looked interesting. Um, I think the tone's a little darker than I expected. Um, just just the, that's the vibe I'm getting off the trailer. Well, you know, Black Mask, is, you know, traditionally is this crime lord, you know, uh, Roman Sianus, and he um, he lacked torture. Torture was his thing, uh, even in the comics. So it could get dark in a few places with that character. Uh, and we know that Ewan McGregor can go in those dark, kind of strange areas, train spotting, things along those lines. So Christopher I Robin. love him. I love him as a bad guy. <sighs> yeah, Christopher Robin, yes. Just <laughs> He was such a villain in Christopher Robin. <laughs> villain, yeah. Didn't believe in winning more. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. But I, I, now, I did have a question that I wanted to ask. Sammy, as a, rep- as a representative of the DC fan base. Yes, sir. Okay, so how do you think the DC, like, hardcore fans are going to react to the Birds of Prey movie really just being a Harley Quinn and Friends movie? I'm going to be honest. You're going to get a lot of, a lot of pushback just because the characters that you're seeing, with the exception of Harley, are not really the traditional versions of these characters. Mm. Um, you know, but from what I've seen, I'm just so excited, and I and I love the fact that you know Harley's got a hyena. It's great, <laughs> Bruce. That cute white guy. I know. It's so great. <laughs> we know originally the hyenas, there were two hyenas, and they were Bud and Lou. Okay. So, were the original Shinzy, hyenas. Shinzy Banzai and Ed <laughs> were the hyenas. That's all right. <laughs> But I was just curious about that because I mean, watching this movie, I don't think of this as being a Birds of Prey movie. Just watching the trailer, this is a this is the Harley Quinn spinoff. Oh, yeah, mean. and that that's really what it is. This was Harley was the most popular character in Suicide Squad. Everybody, Suicide you Squad one point five. Yeah, essentially, and then this will in turn lead into the next Suicide Squad movie where Harley's mm-hmm. Eric. So, um, I was no Jared Leto Joker, hopefully. So. <laughs> Well, no, they, they confirmed there's no there's no Jerry Leto Joker in this movie. I know, hallelujah. <laughs> um, but I was just wondering, like, if that might backfire. I mean, I was just curious, like, how, how you all would take that. So, uh, I was just curious. You know, as we've discussed, you know, I try to be open-minded anytime I go into any of my DC movies. Because <laughs> I know they're going to take liberties. I know they're going to kind of, you know, whereas I think Marvel tries to stick as close to the characters and source material as they can, I think DC and Warner have kind of played with that a bit. And so I try to stay a little open-minded, you know, because face it, Wonder, uh, you know, Wonder Woman was spot on, but face it, Aquaman does not look like that. <laughs> <laughs> My man. Um, <laughs> True that. So speaking of being open-minded, I think a lot of people recently weren't open-minded to the third Ghostbusters movie. And I think that, it was a fine movie, but I think people didn't want that, and they um, didn't respond well to it. Um, do you think people are going to be more open-minded to this next Ghostbusters movie? Um, which, the trailer came out like a month ago, but we haven't done a new show since, so... Um, <laughs> what, yeah, what do you the, all uh, think trailer about the Ghostbusters out. trailer? 
Yeah, the trailer came out the day after we recorded, which was the Monday of our release. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, tell you how long we've been since the news episode. Um, I was really excited to see Paul Rudd. You know, really excited to see it set in kind of a different area. Really excited to see the Ecto-1 make an appearance. I, I, I think this is going to be fun. I think this is going to be fun. I know a lot of people have, have given it, they said it looks like a, a redo of Stranger Things. See, that was the that was the feel I'm getting from the trailer. And you've got Finn Wolfhard there as like the connective tissue. Yeah, but, Wolfhard uh, and another girl, but yeah. I think we're going to get a. I think we're going to get a different feel once we're actually in the in the universe. There could be. You know, they could do the Stranger Things just to try to like pull some people in. Uh, you know, it has been a, a little bit of time since the Ghostbusters were a thing, so they they may be trying to find an end with you know kind of more modern audiences that maybe have not seen <laughs> Ghostbusters one or two. Uh, <laughs> you know. They're, 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 you know, but Paul Rudd, I mean, the science teacher, I mean, <laughs> yes, it's great. So, what do you think about them playing around with McKenna Grace's parentage? So, she's the, the female character with the red herring glasses that I really think are just a red herring. But, uh, <laughs> uh what, you don't do think we, she's do we know here? a last name yet? No. Uh, well, she pulls. Well, she goes into the basement of her house and finds the suit that has Spangler on it. Does it say Spangler? I've yeah. stopped a million times, and that's hyperbole. But I've stopped a lot of times, uh, and I still can't tell. It goes dark on me too yeah. quick. So for sure, it says Spangler. But notice it mentioned something about we're here to clean out my grandfather's things. Yeah. So that's what made it made me kind of question. Hmm. Not sure. So, I don't know. I, I got some wild speculation, guys. Oh, speculate. Uh, okay. Um, so, the whole plot of this, like the inciting incident, looks like it's going to be all the ghosts coming up out of this town. Have, the, the town is shaking, not on a fault line, all that jazz. And then we see, like, Finn Wolfhard is uh, above the thing, and the, all the ghosts pour out of that thing. So, uh, here's, here's my wild speculation. They're in upstate New York. Or it's actually Atlanta, Georgia, or Vancouver, Canada, someplace where they filmed it. But um, <laughs> it's maybe this, maybe it's supposed to be like upstate New York. But yeah, the setting's and, a lot more rural. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so here, here's here's my, my theory. Because of ghost logic or whatever, the, the containment unit they set up in the Ghostbusters movies has malfunctioned. Because remember, they didn't really understand how it worked. They just knew it contained the ghosts. Right. It, was, it wasn't actually containing it. It was funneling. And so every single ghost we've ever seen in a Ghostbusters movie got funneled under that town where they're at. And we're going to see every single ghost reappear because they've been funneled there. And so, like, I think we see the demon dogs from the first movie for like a second Ooh. in the trailer, or, or we hear them or something. So I'm thinking we're going to see a lot of people reappear. So that'll be sort of another we see, we've seen Ecto. I think we'll see also a little nostalgia trip from some of the ghosts we'll recognize because they're from the original containment unit. That'll be a ton of fun. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. That's my wild theory. I would be I would be good with that. I would be good with that. And guys, we've been recording for quite a while now, so it's time to speed things up a little bit with our rewind. And uh, we need to be hurried along. Sorry about that. Uh, I blame the new mutants. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I blame I blame Star Wars as usual. <laughs> All right, uh, Doctor Who, Sammy, go. I know who we can blame for this one. Okay, I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet. Now, if you listened to our previous uh, Fifth Element episode, you heard me kind of keep it 100, uh, at level 100 as I was sharing that, uh, but about Doctor Who series 12. And by this point, I have seen the second part of Spyfall. It's just, it still holds up. It's still so good. This sophomore season for both Jodie Whittaker and the new showrunner, Chris Jimnall, looks really good. Uh, they've released titles for the next episodes, I think up to episode six. Uh, one of those does include Nikola Tesla, uh, which I'm really excited about. 
Um, we're, you know, Chibnall has promised that this is going to be different. You know, 11 was all standalone episodes. This is going to be story arc based. Uh, we're going to see returning characters, villains like Cybermen and Jadoon, as well as some new stuff. So, um, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'll try to keep it short and sweet, but um, this, this is exciting. I'm looking forward to see, seeing a little bit more Series 12. You had me at Cybermen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all, I, as long as soon as I see Cyberman, I'm in, but, you know. <laughs> okay, we're moving fast. Okay, moving Dwayne. fast. I know what I'm getting oh, for Valentine's go. Day. Yep. <laughs> I know what I'm getting for Valentine's Day. Uh, Clone Wars Season 7, releasing on Disney+. Plus. Yes. Uh, this is uh, not even the lost missions that we had, like a kind of a really short Season 6 for the uh, Netflix release there. Um, this is a whole new 13-episode season. New stories with our beloved characters, Captain Rex, Commander Cody, Ahsoka Tano, um, and Anakin and Obi-Wan. So I am so, so very excited about this. And I've been listening to some interviews with, with Filoni, with Ashley Eckstein, and, and Matt Lanter, uh, Ashley Eckstein, who plays Ahsoka Tano, Matt Lanter, who plays Anakin Skywalker, uh, James Arnold Taylor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, these these guys are so in love and excited with, about these characters and the expansion of this series. So I'm so looking forward to that. Well, I, ha- I have a quick question before we move on. Um, is this like a wrap-up to the entire Clone Wars series, or is this the next installment and there's going to be more after this? Um, I don't think this is a wrap-up to the series. I have intentionally uh, steered away from any spoilers. Um, I know this is a continuation of the story. I honestly look for a seasons um, 8, 9, and 10 myself. Yeah, I, I look for them uh, even to go up maybe into you know some rebels territory where where they're kind of in hiding and things because even with Ahsoka in these episodes, if you remember, Ahsoka was expelled from yes. the Jedi at the end of season five. You know it, this this series ended on such a downer with her leaving the the order. So Ahsoka in this is in a whole other role. Than, than what we've seen her in the in the past. She's, you know, she's going to be setting up her network. She's going to be setting up her fulcrum characters. You know, she's going to be learning how to network and be on her own. All right, fellas, let's get our crystal balls out. What time is it? Dad, what time is it? It's Ronnie time. It's Ronnie time. It's Ronnie time. It's Ronnie time. Baby, don't you whine, it's Ramonet. It's Ramonet time. That's right, it's Trelawney time. All right, uh, Dwayne, give me my bad news. How bad did I do last time? Well, as, as I spoke earlier, uh, our prediction was on Jumanji 2, the next I know week. I lost. Tell me how bad. Well, I'm, I'll tell you, uh, we had we had some really interesting numbers. We had some really interesting numbers. Uh, Jamie, you were a 72% uh, is what you were giving this thing. Sammy, you uh, also gave this a 72%. That's right. Oh, yep. that's right. I forgot yes. that. Yeah, you, you and Sam was twinning there. And uh, now I was a little optimistic and said, this is, this is going to be a little bit better than that. I went as high as 86%. Now, Rotten Tomatoes, as of today, is 71%. Yeah. So one point off, gentlemen. Fist in the air. Yeah. Um, so, Jamie, you're. Uh, I think you might be getting the hang of this thing. You might be learning I'm on a little a roll. bit. That's pretty good, yeah. man. Yeah, you're on a roll. We may take you to Vegas and uh, your roll. <laughs> Speaking of roles, uh, this next movie we're going to be forecasting has really broken a role because they probably needed to pick a different title with this being the third movie in the series because it would have been so great if it would have been the fourth movie because it's bad boys 
Four Life. Four Life, yeah. But it's the third movie, so it's Bad Boys Trey Life. I don't know. So. <laughs> well, I so, think they thought of the title and uh, wanted to use it for the fourth movie, but they're not going to get a fourth movie, so they just used I, it anyway. Yeah, I don't, I don't think uh, they're going to hold up that long, especially if they have another gap, because Bad Boys 2 was, what, 2002, 2003 range? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been, which I love that they're leaning into it and really just sort of you know playing with that, like how old they've got and then, you know Will Smith's dying his goatee, all that kind of jazz. Yep. So Jamie, there's one question I have to ask for you before <sighs> we do our. Okay. Are you going to see Bad Boys for Life? I'm to see Bad Boys for Life. I might r- red box it. We'll see. Um. Yeah, this is going to probably be a this is probably going to be a red box or a streaming situation. I think all around, but, but these movies are so much fun. But I do think they're making Hot Fuzz too. I do think Nick Frost needs to make some reference to Bad Boys for Life in Hot Fuzz. <laughs> yeah, and if you've never seen it, that's where that that's where that joke came from. Uh, yes. Nick Frost asked Simon, "Never seen Bad Boys too?" Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's let's give out some numbers. Uh, Sammy. You cheated off me last time. I'm making you go first this time. What's All right. So, uh, so I'm I'm actually go, going to you know speaking of uh, roles in Vegas, I'm going to stay on seventy two percent. I'm going to hang on seventy two for my number. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. I'll I'll go next. Um, I think this movie looks like it might be fun, but I think critics are going to despise it. Um, I'm going forty three. Okay. Mm. Well, uh, speaking of going on a roll, I'm going to uh, roll the die there for uh, for two sixes. I'm going to forecast this at 66 percent. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to roll. Uh, I'm going to roll dual sixes. There, so that's what that's my prediction. 66 percent. All right. So Jamie uh, is the, is our low dog here at 43. Sammy's our optimist at 72, and I'm hanging in the middle at 66. All right. I don't like that I had to give that number, but I feel good about predicting that number. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, is there anything else we need to share with our wonderful listeners before leaving them? Uh, join us next week for Sherlock Holmes. And uh, keep it nerdy. Keep it nerdy.